and we're good. All right. Hey, everybody listening and watching. Welcome to the Friendly Aussie podcast and the Altmed podcast. Yeah, it's a collab so, this week. A dual <laughs> collaborative podcast. We're going to be interviewing each other this time around, which is a bit of a, a new concept for us. But um, yeah, we're really excited. We're here with Mitch and Andrew from Altmed, which is a medical cannabis information platform publication. Um, and they're doing many, many different things at the moment. So we'd like to explore what they're up to, their background, and just jump right into it. So, hey guys, how you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, uh, thanks for the intro, Mitch. And uh, yeah, likewise, this is a, um, a sort of a, a new area for us to having uh, some fellow podcasters on the Altmed podcast. So yeah, we're looking forward to um, yeah hearing about some of the stuff you guys are up to. So. I guess in that vein, uh, I'm just going to completely take over and ask first about you guys. So, Joe, host. Mitch, uh, the Friendly Aussie podcast, oh, just like talk us through it. What, what, what have you guys uh, set up? Talk, talk to me about your journey today. Yeah. The podcast is um, it's something we started maybe a year, two, almost two. three years yeah. ago now. Somewhere between two and three years. It's been going for a little while. We had a bit of a break while we were trying to work out we had some some legal troubles last year, but we'll go oh. into that later. Um, but the whole now I realize concept... the whole reason I'm on this podcast. This <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So now. you can help us with. Yeah. We just wanted some yeah. free legal. We advice. just wanted live help, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. live help, <laughs> and everyone can watch. Everyone can listen in on it. Um, yeah, no the 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 podcast is basically it's a concept that Yosef and I just cooked up because we're like every other um, cannabis enthusiast. We're like what if we did a podcast man that'd be pretty cool <laughs> and so we figured out that if we created a podcast we could speak with all different kinds of people in the community in the industry it could be great content but it could also be a great way for us to extend ourselves out and and learn different things from all different kinds of people so been doing that for a little while it's been really fun it's been a big part of us growing and developing as friendly Aussie buds moving into spaces outside of just written material and doing you know audio and video and all those kinds of things. So it's, no, it's been a big this. deal. Well, it's kind of like we can exchange notes with each other about, you know, who was good on our show, you know, the oh, episodes yeah. that rated really well. Like we'll just Hell completely yeah. raid your sort of like collection of podcast guests. I feel like we can, we can exchange notes there, but uh, totally, but yeah, it sounds like, I mean, I had a, a skim. So the, you guys pretty much tackle anything and everything to do with cannabis from what i could see um do you guys have a particular area like are you we look at ourselves as i guess the cultural community of australia like we're really about the cannabis culture within um the broader australian community so we don't really tie ourselves to any um medical clinic or pharmacy or doctors or any suppliers in that regard, but we also don't tie ourselves uh, to, you know, the old Nimbin hippies, um, some would call them the ancients. Um, so we sit outside of that and we kind of look at ourselves as, I don't know, a bit of an independent media conglomerate. That's not really a conglomerate. It's just a bunch of dudes that are like cannabis, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. We just try to provide content that's, you know, quite well-researched and informative for the Australian community um either in a medical sense or a recreational sense we don't really like to provide too much of a distinction because we see it as a bit of it's still the same plant in the end whether you want to label it medical or recreational it's still cannabis yeah like yeah. we definitely see it as a spectrum 
We think a lot yeah. of people on the um, medicinal program have a history in the recreational space and in the culture. And we also see that people in the recreational space that haven't yet you know, gotten onto the, the medical side, um, they're often using it for medical reasons. So yeah. we see a lot of overlap there. We initially did start off more as a recreational type thing. We kind of branded ourselves in that way. It exist at the time. You know, well, yeah, it was... It, was, it was relatively limited when we first started. Um, yeah. Very different to what it is today. Yeah. But since uh, we live in Queensland, Queensland has become recently like one of the biggest areas for this kind of explosion within the medical scene. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're beginning to embrace that a lot more. We like speaking uh, to people. I mean, I've, I've sort of, ever since, I mean, Mitch and I are both Victorian, but I've always regarded every Queenslander I ever met as a bit of a pothead. And, <laughs> you know, I really feel like Queensland has lived up to that um, in recent years. No, regardless, of, <laughs> regardless of whether they smoke or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, this is why I enjoy spending time with Queenslanders more than Victorians. But I think um, we're just a bit troppo, to be honest. Just a bit more to out. It's like pretty fucking of, hot. Yeah, sub-troppo. <laughs> yeah, sub-troppo. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, I just, I'm like so impressed. I, you know, so many people that are using cannabis medicinally here with a prescription in Victoria or in New South Wales are getting it from a doctor or, you know, a clinic up in, in Queensland. I really feel like Queensland has, uh, has truly paved the way. And, and of course, you know, Mitch and I recently were up there for uh, the United in Compassion Conference and got to um, kind of, see almost like what you're describing in terms of your your guest profile today you know we saw people that are you know strictly up one end of the spectrum you know, pure medicinal um pharmaceutical approach and I, I i must admit the whole space must just be a completely wild ride for them compared to what they're used to with with ordinary pharmaceutical space but mm. yeah then there were definitely people up there that you know were representing the black market and and sort of saying that you know access is still a problem for a lot of people um particularly people who just want to use it for their own well-being rather than that sort of not like i don't have a chronic medical condition therefore i don't need a script but i still want to use it well the current regulations don't really provide for that so yeah, it's um, it's a it's an interesting interesting space, and I know we we might I think Mitch flagged it up front, but uh, yeah, we uh, we can totally dive into a bit of a regs chat later on. Keep trying yeah, to keep it interesting um, for everyone as well because it can get a bit dry. I mean, we we did sit through a whole lecture of um, the head of the TGA up at the conference, and yeah, saw a few yawns throughout. How did the because uh, I wasn't there? How did the whole um conference go how did, how was it it was good the um yeah. the reg stuff as andrew said is a bit dry it, it makes him wet yeah. but but it's pretty dry <laughs> um yeah but otherwise is my was, wet not contagious i'm just well, everything was a, a question a bit wet no, up there not, was, that's a strong it's just a puddle that everyone's sitting in you know yeah. well uh, to be honest the weather up there it really didn't uh, do sunshine it was post. so wet actually but yeah. that, that actually wasn't the rain though that was just me <laughs> listening to the tga i don't understand what the anyway it's, oh yeah. i remember like coming into the complex the apart uh the novatel or whatever and you just have to like drive through this puddle that makes you feel like you're four-wheel driving like yeah <laughs> water splashing you're like holy shit like am i gonna yeah. get out of here yeah, yeah yeah it was a bit like that but um no otherwise it was really good you know a lot of a lot of people that we've been speaking on basically zoom for the last couple of years um just get to meet them in the flesh you know doctors and and, and pharmacists and, and company um execs and, and the rest it was and it was just 
great. It was a very good vibe. Everyone was full of life. And I had a few people saying like, oh, it's so good to see you guys kind of up here. Like you've been locked up for the last two years. I'm like, I wasn't in jail. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, went through some uh, some rough times during lockdown, but uh, no, it was just good to see the whole community in the they just meant because you're a lawyer i think <laughs> in the court system Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good so i guess um it's probably coming back to your point about how we got into the space um yeah at We'd least like to hear uh, more about that yeah i guess similarly to yours but slightly differently it was definitely over maybe a joint but the joint was the preceding thing that we got into, which was our original business, Phytoka. And um, that saw us being importers and suppliers of of some different products, which I can get into the backstory of originally. Mm -hmm. But as a result of that, we saw a lot of people asking or rather telling us that, you know, the industry is out to get them, the the corporate greed in the sector, the government wants to keep this stuff illegal. And I, I, I just thought there was a more to the story and, and a little bit more of a, a personal element um at least you know for some of the faceless names that that uh are in the in the industry and we wanted to give a face to those names and basically say check out these people this is what they're about this is what they're actually doing in the industry it's not all the government's out to get me yes things could be better yes access mm. could be better um yes it's not as dangerous we don't think as many people say However, if you're following the Australian kind of protocol and and producing the highest quality and being the most conservative, safe type of country that we are, um, these people are playing by the rules and they're doing it in the interest of, yes, themselves, but also others. It's 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 not as clear cut. It's not as black and white as every body thinks it is i don't think and you know definitely support legalization but i'm just saying that in order to deal with our current infrastructure in australia there's more to it and we wanted to uncover some of that so as a result of phytoka altmed was kind of born as this uh yeah just as a vehicle to kind of demystify everything because i think the yeah picking up on that point you know a lot of people who i know had been involved in various cannabis circles and attempts to legalize um, an an access pathway for medical cannabis, you know, you've got to remember these people have been burnt so many times over decades and just trying and trying and trying and just beating their head against the wall. And I guess it got to a point for a lot of people that they've kind of just been like, well, screw you, government. I'm going to, you know, do a home grow and, you know, campaign for a homegrown amnesty. And, you know, if I get caught, I get caught, but I'll at least be able to tell a magistrate that, you know, I, I need it for a medical condition or something. So people really were pushed to the brink. And I do remember in Victoria when we first legalized that a lot of the press was around um, parents with, you know, kids with autism and, and epilepsy and these, these kinds of conditions that really, um, you know, could benefit from CBD. And so, yeah, I think we almost picked up, we sort of dropped in at around that time where you had people that were disaffected by years of inaction. And then when the government finally cedes on the point, they actually create this highly complex system that's difficult for both doctors and yeah. patients to navigate. And yeah, our sort of attempt has been if we just put more and more information out there and, and we really try to be balanced about it we were once accused by a um a pain doctor he, we, who we invited very vocal 
this guy against the medical cannabis industry and we invited sure. him on the show because we wanted to hear an alternative perspective but he said i i couldn't go on your show because you guys are too biased about cannabis i'm like well here we are offering Make you a platform to, <laughs> to tell us otherwise um, yeah so he was a bit of a dipshit but that's you know that, that's part of it but um but yeah so we you know we, we've attempted to to put really balanced independent information out there about it and let people make up their own minds and in the course of even just the two years we've been doing this we've seen access improve and and i think we are on a on a good trajectory but i suppose to anyone who you know probably sticks to the you know this this shouldn't be legislated i guess all i can really say is look around you look at every other aspect of life in australia we regulate everything in this country so you know do. why would why would the government just allow a completely deregulated market with with cannabis which has you know so many different applications we have you know food safety standards we have so many um, aspects of regulation that touch our lives so to me it's it's not so surprising that we've gone the way that we have gone but sure. I, I would of course like to see it improved from here yeah i'm with you there if i could interject i think that one of the big developments for the past couple of years past few years is that um people are working within that limited like that constrained system that the tga has outlined to actually expand medical access to all different kinds of people and mm. to everyone's credit within that space you've seen massive changes occur not only within the legal frameworks, but in terms of how the outcomes are for people who are patients. Um, and in many ways, I think that's actually normalized cannabis within Australia. I think that the tides are actually shifting in terms of the public opinion, in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, bringing about broader deregulation in the space or just expanding access more broadly to people. Um, so I don't necessarily see it as, you know, I think there are, that's, there's a penchant for people to look at it in terms of black and white. It's got to be mm. either medicinal or recreational. But honestly, the expansion of those schemes, um, even though they started with really humble and modest beginnings and were, I think there's still a real um, stigma against the medical cannabis schemes because of once they were introduced, people tried to get onto them. They couldn't find ways to do it because mm. the system wasn't really set up for it. Um, but as that's changing, I think you see a broader shift within the entire culture of Australia and the way that it looks at, you know, I guess a medicine like cannabis. Um, and that can only be a good thing for the recreational community. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we actually, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not unheard of, you know, online in forums to hear about people who use it recreationally, but have obtained a, a legal script for flowers. <laughs> right. And how yes, they're just, you know, like people will always work within the framework that, that they're given. And, you know, it's kind of, I think a lot of the complaints about, you know, the, the system as it is for every regulatory action that any regulator takes, be it Office of Drug Control, TGA, you know, there's always a reaction. And sometimes that reaction just isn't planned at all. I mean, the, the, the sheer traffic, the volume of traffic that the TGA had to receive in the early days for special oh, yeah. access scheme approvals and, you know, needing a separate permit from your state department of health and all these sorts of things that you know it was kind of like we'll provide access and then we'll try and figure out how it all works afterwards and yeah yeah that that, that really bottlenecked the system and some people were waiting days sometimes weeks for approval um and now it's down to sort of same day approval on a, on a special access scheme you know application so yeah things have definitely 
gotten better, resources being planned, but, um, you know, we, yeah, Mitch and I are still very supportive of things like, you know, what, well, I think Mitch is, we, we have talked about it before. He might've changed his views since our last conversation, but um, as, as I understand, we are broadly supportive of, you know, things like what they've done in the ACT, where there actually is a home grow amnesty. Um, yeah, right. You know, we'd, we'd love to see that in yeah. Victoria and, and all the other states. Um, Us too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonder if those clinics would be quite so busy up there if they had that actually. But uh, That's a good point, to be honest. I think <laughs> I've, a... I've actually thought that the uh, way, if you wanted to have home grow amnesty, you should do it in conjunction with the doctor. So you'd have to source mm. your genetics directly from like a government supplier, um, like that's an approved supplier. And then oh, you don't like that. so many genetics Ooh. that would actually go. I don't so like that. you're getting five seeds. Your doctor knows you're growing up to five plants from that. And, you know, that's they kind have of the serial the number of the seed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could just see Mitch is basically checking his watch to see if he's got six hours free because he's about to chew our ear off about ah, this. Yeah, no, like, just so <laughs> you know, Mitch, I don't have six hours free to listen to you talk yeah. about this. But oh, I'll cut it down to five. If you could get it down to... Yeah, at least five. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a couple of reasons. One, I mean, that would just never really work because, I mean, as soon as you've grown one plant, you can... Produce as many seeds as you want, course, or you can yeah. just clone, obviously. But the worst part about that would be using the genetics from the government. True. Uh, you know, that's the when last I say place. government regulator, like I'm meaning they can have a private company, but you're going through someone that's government approved and that's right. the private company, right? Like the same way I, kind of genetics work now. Mm, yeah. You know, you have it, to go through someone who's gone through the accreditation effectively to be able to bring in those genetics. Depends what the accreditation process is. I mean, if it's too strict, then it really prevents it, the possibilities for people to home grow. You don't necessarily have to um, have a, let's say, accredited um, supplier of, of genetics. You just need to have the relevant, you know, quality controls to ensure that that right. meets the standards. So it could be, you, I mean, your grandma from, you know, <laughs> Czech Republic could send it to you if it was the, <laughs> if it met all Assuming the, she doesn't already. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> assuming it met all the, 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 the regulatory compliance checklist, then yeah, you can import that. And, and assuming that they can export, um, See, I actually like that idea more. I think that opening up the kind of import and export of, of seeds, for instance, would actually mm. benefit the community as a whole. Um, yeah. Of course, there are a lot of like nitty gritty questions in terms of how that's actually executed. Like there's a, a whole lot of frameworks that people, are, not people, but, you know, jurisdictions have taken in terms of how do we actually uh, go about legalizing cannabis? Um, what is the specific processes? What's written in the books? Um some of them go for a more like here's here's an agency that regulates cannabis as a broader um, entity or as a broader like plant mm. medicine um, or just kind of like a free-for-all or you have like dispensary models or, you know, Special various different models. models. I guess I'm interested with what Andrew has to say and, and you, Mitch, as well in terms of... Oh, don't worry about uh, me. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you can chime in if you want. Um, okay. <laughs> the, there's a, a real open debate to be had about, mm. you know, where Australia should go in, in terms of what approach we take. And I was wondering if you guys had a favorite one. Mm. Ooh, yeah, de yeah, definitely a, top, a topic close to my heart, but I'll let um, the yeah law student answer that one. 
office damage. Your uh, your secretary, you mean? Yeah. Um, the the I mean, where should we go? <laughs> I, I, I'd like it. I'd like to see it. I'm stuck between wanting to see it go more the way of America, where there's a bit of a, um, or or Canada, where there's a bit of a free for all. But there's something about producing Australian quality product that is appealing to me, and that. Mm. You know, the way that other countries look at Australian made product. And it's not to say that we couldn't do the, both of those things concurrently. Um, you know, we produce amazing beer. It's not regulated in the same way that um, pharmaceuticals are. But, but I do think that there is a therapeutic application which necessitates it to, to, to some degree to sit in the medical sphere. Now, you might be able to have those two markets running parallel to each other, right. have a, yep. a recreational and a medical and that's fine as well. And maybe only medical can be exported or something like that. And, mm. and recreational can be, you know, used in, in Australia and has to comply with certain standards that you would expect from anything that you'd buy at Woolies, let's say. Sure. It, it, is, it comes with a certain guarantee, certain kind of safety to it. So maybe certain... the, the medical stuff would have all of the quality control checks and be radiated and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think if you're talking about people using it in hospital, for example, um, or we're talking about sending product to uh, Germany or Switzerland or Japan or something like this, then potentially it makes sense to produce a standard. You know, say other countries always look to us for baby formula because they know it's the best quality. We've got sure, the, yep. the best uh, air safety standards in the world. There's certain things that we do here that we're proud of to produce to that mm. standard, and I wouldn't want to lose that air, but yeah, I, that's not to say we couldn't achieve that with with broad deregulation and, um, well, sorry, with recreational um, per se. So yeah, that's probably my, my view. Yeah, I like that. It's a good insight. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I mean, federal elections like the one we've just had are a great insight into just how disparate Australia is. Oh, yeah. and, you know, like Melbourne is just, so far removed from Broome, say, I mean, in, in so many respects, but without a doubt, you know, I think that for that reason, any push towards recreational is likely to be state led. Um, mm. And I think in a way, ACT is sort of dipped the toe in the water to, um, you know, because of, I mean, if at any time the Commonwealth can, can veto that law. They've done it before with, uh, I think it was the same sex marriage. They did. Yeah. Um, back in six. Yeah, um, and then there was the euthanasia up in Northern Territory, similar mm-hmm. um, treatment. So they haven't done that. And that was when we had a, a fairly conservative federal liberal government that's just been turfed, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, basically, um, don't let the door hit you on the way out. That, um, that, sh- that shirt you're wearing says otherwise, though, Andrew, I will say. <laughs> I borrowed it from Kirribilli House, where um, <laughs> Scott Morrison, I understand, is still residing. Uh, somebody really needs to... He's just doing know, a garage sale to get rid of the he is doing a garage. <laughs> giving away his shirts at this point. I wish he would just give away his uh, his ministers that survived the election. But anyway... Um, <laughs> but I mean, uh, I don't know. They might, they might stay in the wilderness for a while. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, is there another chamber? Not easy to kill Voldemort. Can... You got to find the Horcruxes. You know. <laughs> uh, I did hear it said that yeah. So it was like, oh, Voldemort. You know, was only ever trying to kill one child. Um, so that's the difference between the two. But, uh, but anyway, sorry. No. <laughs> sorry for that uh, dark turn there. But I mean, it will. You know, it will be state or state led because you know. And I, I have a feeling, even though I 
you know, love. Well, I, I feel like it might be Queensland or Victoria that, that leads I think it. you're more likely to get Victoria than Queensland, to be honest. If yeah. we had an upper house, I would agree with you that Queensland would lead, but we don't have an upper house. So The thing about the Queensland Labor government is that it is incredibly moderate um, and is not making, you know, radical moves towards progressive legislation. I think someone like Daniel Andrews in their Labor government, they're more likely to take that kind of political risk. Um, yeah. If you have Palaszczuk up here, they're really just trying to keep hold of their majority because there's a massive regional population that is fairly conservative in terms of social issues. Um, yeah. And I think they're more <laughs> focused on on that. There was a, a QPC, like a, a Productivity Commission uh, report, which basically showed, this was maybe a couple of years ago, um, that showed that essentially if you decriminalized all drugs, there would be this massive weight off of the the kind of like penal system, the you know, the prisons and the court systems um, up to the tune of, I think it was like a billion dollars um, mm. over, I don't know what time periods, so that's not that uh, effective in terms of a number, but- It was um, less than five years, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So there was this um, pretty pretty significant findings within that report. And uh, it was something that the Palaszczuk government put together and Painful. they just completely rejected the findings of that report, which, you know, they're often opt like apt to do these uh these governments but it's interesting that they look at that um data they look at those findings and they go well it's not actually worth the risk in terms of you know making uh, a kind of yeah, yeah. sweeping that, political that's a, change a death note politically for them possibly you know and yeah. it is interesting you know you guys got what three greens lower house uh, we do yeah, all you elected. fucking victorians moved southeast queensland like... is a very different beast it's a very different beast brisbane got... it feels like a, a progressive capital but you go it's, like 100 kilometers out it's completely different it's mm. it's so different mitch and i were in um cairns middle of last year and and went to a little town called mariba which is uh you know hq for cata country and uh, <laughs> yeah. to think that you've got yeah. that in the same state as you know three low house but yeah, look, it could be Queensland, it could be Victoria, but one of the states is going to push for it. I guess there's implications as well if we go recreational to our um, obligations under international drug treaties, um, you know, right. have implications for the Tasmanian opium industry. Um, sure. Because oh, we've that, looked at that actually. Um, yeah, that's yeah. something that we've, we've published in our uh, little thing at FAB because we see that as well. We go, well, the UN's got these existing, you know, treaties. And yeah, a lot yeah, of totally. it in terms of the, the pharmaceutical industry is operating off of the basis of, of those precedents. Yeah, we so, could so, potentially lose the rights to grow our damn poppies. Exactly. So, you know, and then it's 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 sort of like if we go that direction, we shut down that industry and we emphatically tell the US and all the other signatories to that treaty, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. We right. want to actually have a, a separate industry in Australia that embraces cannabis. Um so, you know, getting that kind of harmony between Commonwealth laws and whatever state decides to go rogue will be an interesting one to watch. But I totally sure. agree with, um, I think probably everyone on this this uh, this call probably agrees that, yeah, we have a great opportunity to position ourselves globally as a, a you know, an epicenter of quality. And we should definitely strive for that. I mean, Mitch and I, because of our background um, through Mitch's family, um, being involved in the space for nearly 40 years, we have an interest in seeing regulations around, you know, actually calling something full spectrum, full spectrum, um, even if it's, you know, regardless of whether it's made available for the medical or the, the rec market, like there just is no 
rules around that. And so, sure. you know, we would a bit like, like consumer law in that way, like calling a spade a spade. Yeah. And if there right. has well, to be how about sort of... how about calling a strain by the actual strain? That's yeah. the biggest yeah. part of yeah. Yeah. That's a nice to have. That's not. Uh, I don't know. That's, didn't the TGA say that's something akin to magic or something? There's rules around advertising on labels. Your label can't suggest oh, yeah. magic of a sort. So we can't call it the the Voldemort strain. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I personally was a little offended when uh, Satavite released their Yandi a while back because I was like Yandi. That's what the indigenous folk call cannabis here, right? But then the bud that they're bringing in was fucking Canadian grown, and I'm like, but that's that you can't call Canadian yeah. weed yarn. No. I'm sorry, it's just not okay. There, there's quite a few, wrong, quite a few examples of uh, that type. The of, cultural appropriation, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, just taking you know Australian things and then um, calling it that because it's identifiable. But there's a pretty clear guidance now on what you can and can't say, and it can't be you know, food products can't be magical in nature. Mm -hmm. So you can't call it unicorn dust or something like that. Um, you can't call it anything that would inflate the sense of its efficacy. So like big burst or like, or tasty, you know what I mean? You can't have anything yeah, yeah. that's suggestive in the food and things like that. So, so potentially like for strains that comes to mind really quickly is maybe the word super. So like a super lemon haze, right? Because that's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's more super than the lemon no, haze. You couldn't even use lemon haze anymore. So like now technically going forward, and I think you'll see this in, in going, you know, very soon, you're going to have to have like yeah, P687Z kind of stuff. To like the extent that... Wow. enforcement action is taken um you know that, that's always the caveat here See, that's, like, that's a thing it's like yeah. um you have all of these guidelines and regulations in the mm. industry at the moment but you see a lot of people playing it really fast and loose like you just yeah. uh, a lot of companies that simply don't seem to care about it it'll be interesting to see what kind of enforcement action is taken if any um i think companies don't care until they do once you get a fine yeah. slapped on you or you get the warning that you know your license is at risk then they seem to care right um but even then sometimes they don't they just challenge it it depends i guess also how much cash you got yeah that, that how deep are those pockets yeah damn um, pockets actually speaking of uh legal issues uh did I hear a little whisper at the start of this conversation about what? Yeah, we're we should talk guys about are, it. I'll, I'll break it down for you. Yeah, uh, our audience give us an anecdote. Our, well, our, our audience doesn't, and they're true, 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 I'll true. tell you right now. Give me an excuse to get wet. Come on, guys. All right, all right. <laughs> so, Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> in uh, September last year, in twenty one, we got uh, raided here at Fab HQ with about Whoa. 10 tactical cops that uh, came in through the door. Um, they had a warrant what? for my name. They they're better than the untactical ones. Yeah, they're yeah. much more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, yeah, so they had a warrant for Mitch's name uh, for possession. But prior to coming here, they went to my parents' house. I didn't update my address once we had moved. So they went there and they tried to kind of harass them a little bit. And they were like, he doesn't even live here. Why are you here? Um, we're not certain why they actually showed up. up we think my, that it might have we, something I never to do. saw the warrant uh, from yeah, yeah. the one at my parents' place. They never handed it to anyone. They never gave it to me after the fact because they obviously fucked up because I didn't live there. Um, so I live five minutes away. Well, we live five minutes away from where my parents are, maybe a little longer, but about five minutes. And anywho, they come in and I had a phone call kind of hit me before they came saying they were at my parents' place. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I need to try and clean up. <laughs> I didn't have much time. I had five minutes. I uh, chopped down my one single plant. I had one plant and that was it. 
and by the time I basically did that, they were already like smashing in the door and I managed to get downstairs just before they smashed open the door, which would have sucked because it's a heritage listed door. Um, not my Just favorite. the door. Wow. Okay. Just the door. <laughs> not the house. <laughs> uh, the house is upstairs, but the house got raised and we've got a whole bottom that's uh, like unique. Anyway, irrelevant. So they come in, they do their questioning, they do their spiel, all that sort of shit. And basically they charge me with uh, possession because I had a couple buds that were not in my medical containers. You know, you're talking about like two nugs. Um, Mm, They found LSD in my room. They found LSD (laughs) in Mitch's room. Um, Did they take it? They did. They did take it. (laughs) They Mm. took uh, our bongs. You know, there was probably six, seven around the house. I think they stole my, one of my vaporizers because I haven't been able to find it since and it was never on their um, report, which was fucking shit because it was, uh, I don't know if you boys have ever seen the Cloud Evo exhale. It's mm. the uh, bong vape that you can attach like a water piece to. It's fucking mint. I really think they assumed it was a bong of some kind. But the thing is, it's like they they stay, they stay would have been separate. So the other thing was like an electronic device. So they shouldn't have taken it. But anyway frazzled i didn't notice that they had taken it um, was, was there it like a they confiscate empty gatorade bottles over yeah, cons- yes. conspiracy to or prepare or bong or something like this well yeah, yeah. Fucking, what's hectic <laughs> is you come in here and i've got like hundreds of grinders i've got like i had probably like 20 clean bongs that they couldn't you should take. have seen the evidence list it was yeah like it was like 10, three pages, pages. That's hilarious. Unbelievable. Oh my God. What, yeah. So it's a message to the cops, by the way. I'm just going to intervene. Um, fuck you. you. Don't hassle <laughs> those guys. Sorry. Like, seriously, fuck you. And you know what? We you actually come go think after that me, it might. Come go after me. Unless you actually have, if you work for the Queensland cops, bite me because you have no jurisdiction. But um, no, where were these people from? Was it AFP? Was it Queensland? It was, it was, it was the, the Queensland QPS. police. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about all of this is that Dut- was old mob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they're tops. <laughs> I, I, at the end when they were leaving they were like i was escorting him out and i can't remember what it was and he's like oh look at you still like even like escorting us out and being polite and i'm like yeah cops are tops You're just doing your job and uh like i saw one of the cops snicker when i said cops is tops and i'm like oh yeah you're not meant to tell cops that they're tops <laughs> my bad but basically they knew of the fab the friendly Aussie ba- uh, buds brand they knew of some of the articles we had because we had a few articles about how to grow in Australia outdoor, how to grow indoor. There's a bit of a shopping list on there. And it was framed with the context of how to grow when it's legal, not yeah. how to grow immediately. So that was kind of my way of looking at the articles. Attempts to create a loophole there. A bit of a loophole, mm. you know, it's just information. But basically one of the cops told me to take down those articles because I could be charged with a federal crime of teaching people how to commit crimes. Um, I forgot what he referred to it as, but he basically told me that. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just put them all into a draft mode. I'm just waiting for legalization or a state to hit and I'll fucking hit those again and publish. But um, there's about 20, 30 articles that we had that were quite solid. They were a huge chunk of the fab traffic. Mm. Um, so I took them down on that. I talked to a few lawyers. Most told me pretty much an empty threat. Probably they would never even charge it or anything like that. If they were going to do something like that, it would have been the actual AFP. Um, But in the same regard, I haven't put those articles back up because I don't really want to deal with the headache. Um, And the thought was maybe they got wind of us through some of those articles. If you Googled uh, Growing Cannabis Australia, we'd be like, you know, top three links. 
Yeah, it's um, a bit of a mystery as to why they actually decided I, to, to take us down. It might have been a tip-off, but it might have been them doing few, their research. There's a couple things. So I ran for the Legalized Cannabis Queensland Party um, the year yes. prior. So I had a political... Did well in the last election. We got 4% <laughs> of that vote. And on this one um, in Queensland, we got like seven. We nearly kicked out Paul Almost, from yeah. the Senate. Almost. Almost nice. Fucking next time, we probably will. Yes. Um, mm. So... There's a bit of all of that um, and circling back to it all, basically, I was also trolling the Palaszczuk government on Instagram a little me bit. Too. Me too. Um, <laughs> so I think it could have been that. Yeah, you put the target honest. on your back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Mark Bailey's our um, local member and local Mitch member. was uh, having some meetings and harassing He told me him something like stay fab and I'm like, oh, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. So. so Andrew, what's the what's the what's the uh the legal opinion regarding whether you know they can't have growing um content? Yeah, we need to know about this. Well, I, I must admit, I I I guess the, the Commonwealth Criminal Code is pretty expansive. It wouldn't surprise me if there was something in there that effectively said, you know, you can't teach people how to grow cannabis, how to make pipe bombs, how to, you know, commit crimes over so there's some sort of sections that relate to being able to be tried in australia for things that you do overseas extraterritorial jurisdiction and all of that but yeah i need to look into it but i do but now that we're doing it legally yeah i think i think the thing that just bothers me is i just feel like when you read about statistics for things like dv and all these (laughs) other things i just think surely there's Got better to be things to priorities fight. than this, uh, like, and that's basically the defining theme of our of our journey in court. It was just like, wow, what a waste of resources, basically. Totally, you know, ten cops, ten yeah. cops to give me a fifteen hundred dollar fine and no conviction. It, it's sort of, it's actually Same. what's the hourly of, um, That like friendly Geordie's case. I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah, where we did follow Christo, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we followed and, that, and we're like, is this us? This is kind that's, of that's us. you guys. <laughs> you know, the power of the state just being used in a kind of an abusive process manner to just intimidate people, and it's like, yeah, guys, yeah. you've got so much more important shit you need to be doing. Please just, or or unless, I guess I could flip it the other way, and I'm like, if that is the highest priority on their list then I'm thinking Queensland is in a pretty good space. You know, there's there's no crime really. There's Yeah, they've solved all chill. the problems. They've solved yeah. everything. But I We haven't had a domestic violence case here for like at least three years. <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah, no, it's honestly, and it's it's that kind of, um, you know, that, that sort of uh, intimidatory and all this sort of bullshit that has driven so many great Australians in the space overseas i mean mitch's uncle is one of them neville Shawnmakers was another he was from wa these are like revered people in the the cannabis industry globally and people here when you sort of explain actually that person from australia originally and he got out in the 80s because he was dealing with all this kind of crap It, it kind of it all makes sense i mean i'm hopeful that you know in literally in the next sort of decade of our lifetime, not just in our lifetime, that that we're going to be the beneficiaries of, of mm. you know, changes. But yeah, Mitch, can you, am I at liberty to even bring that up? Like, can you talk a little bit about all that? Or yeah, that's that an interesting story. Four yeah, well, I, my, my, um, my, the reason we're in it is due to my uncle, to be honest. And he, we've actually had him on one of our podcasts, Scott Blakey, his name's Shanti Baba. He's pretty well known. Oh, I know him. We've seen him on forums and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so he's 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 pretty um he's pretty famous. You know, he created 
um, White Widow and a few yeah. other very famous strains. There's, he's got Super Silver Haze in his, and, and the, actually he's still got one of his strains still features half the genetics of Mullumbibi Madness. Right. And exactly. Tells me about, that's, that's how we know about him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, talking about there's certain stories, which I'm probably not at full liberty to discuss, but you know, there were, there were, he was doing a lot of groundwork in Australia back in those days and the eighties and that and such. And I think it was somewhere in the, don't quote me on this, but somewhere in the seventies that it became actually illegal to, to do, but um, you know, the work that they were doing in, in creating new ge- genetics and, and strains in Australia, it just couldn't be done here in the way that it could be done in Europe and say, Netherlands and Spain at the time and sure. much, much grayer and much more open to that kind of culture. So, you know, taking a lot of those seeds from all around the world, Afghanistan, um, India, Thailand, uh, Brazil, these types of places, Mexico, and um, having to take all of that IP and that potential offshore um, to another country in Europe where they could be developed and, and really create a legacy in, in another in, away from where otherwise Australian ingenuity would have been able to flourish and create something quite amazing. I mean, we have such an amazing climate for it. Yeah. It was a real loss. And, you know, he's now a, an expat um, with this wealth of information and this wealth of this incredible genetic seed bank. And we're, we're trying to bring that back in, in, in the products that we do um, through Phytoka. Yeah. Can you um, speak more about that? We wanted to bring that up. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of companies out there. There's a lot of strains out there. I guess there's no verification on where these strains come from. So you know, sure. you can grow anything and say it's whatever you want to say. It's G13 because shit, you know, who's going to check? Um, <laughs> the reality is that that if you're wanting to find the right type of strain, you're wanting to get that original Gorilla Glue. You've got to you want that diesel sour, whatever it is you want to get you don't need to just find that strain. You need to find it from the brand that originally created it, I right. think, or at least the original grow-off to have any semblance or, or of um, authenticity. And so it I comes think, down to the genotype pretty much. Yeah, I mean, there, it, there are ways to track it, but not for the, not for the average person. And even, even then, it's very difficult. You, the only way you can guarantee you're going to have something that is of that original pedigree is to get it from the source and, and right, that's, you know, right. certain growers in, in, um, in America and Europe. And that's pretty much about it, to be honest. Um, you know, so we're very lucky. We've got some genetic, let's say nepotism with it. We're, we're happy to um, try and bring back to Australia because it's something that I think belongs here. And um, part of our journey is to, to really hone in on those, those genetics um, and breed, as Andrew said, you know, full spectrum but actually full spectrum making sure that those minor cannabinoids um acidic compounds terpene profiles are there and and bring back some of the things that won these cannabis cups in the 80s and 90s that that just you know are, are around sparingly there are certain people that have got it in gorilla grows in australia that yeah. maybe did get the right genetics were unbelievable growers but it's you can't reproduce that and if they get raided it's gone and you know you know what i mean there's there's just no consistency and i think that you know or at least all all my life growing up whenever you got cannabis is like there were two types of cannabis um out like bush weed and hydro (laughs) or or good weed and shit weed like there was no strains there was no differentiation we we know how different those experiences can be and and the, the types of quality and product you can get so 
um, bringing back some of that, that canister mentality and the ability to have something specifically for a, a moment, a mood, an indication, whatever it is you want, you know, you don't always feel like a beer. Sometimes you feel like a red wine. Sometimes you feel like a tequila. Yeah. And regardless of the recreational side of things, there's also therapeutic applications for those. Um, so for us, it's really about, you know, bringing in a different plant than what, or a different oil or a different product, whatever it is, not just based on purely sterility, but also based on, you know, the, the profile that, that, that product conveys. That's amazing. That's the kind of stuff that I think our scene currently needs in terms of, you know, actually preserving that legacy of people attempting to do just that Mm. into the past. It's Mm -hmm. great that you're continuing that work into the future. Um, yeah, well, I think we're, you know, we've, we've done some good thing, some good things in terms of the, the quality controls and standards that, you know, when you get something in Australia, it should be of a certain standard. Sure. Um, but that's just the first step. And there's such a bigger journey at play here where we ne- really need to focus on, and it will happen eventually, this product differentiation, but there's so much IP. Yeah, there's just so much knowledge that goes into, the, there's so many stages of it, right? First, you have to have the genetics because, you know, we've explained this on a couple of our talks. It's like, if my parents aren't six foot seven, I'm probably just not going to play basketball that easily. Like it's got to be within your remit. It's got to be in your genetic code to actually produce CBG or CBC or these types of compounds, let's say. Um, Secondly, you need to have a cultivator that is actually able to well, first you have to select the phenos that'll express that if you don't have a, a cutting, but then you need to actually have a cultivator who's going to make sure that that comes out and all, all the facilities to do that. Yeah, right. So you've got nature versus nurture, but then you've got this mm-hmm. extra nurture step that if you want to produce anything that's a manufactured product, uh, an oil, a t- you know, uh, there's, there's certain processes um, that favor sterility. There's certain processes that favor maintaining the integrity of the original plant. So maintaining sure. terpenes, maintaining minor cannabinoids or more volatile compounds let's say that's important to like you know develop consistency in in the product right yeah well there's there's different levels at which consistency is important so you also right, want stabilized right. genetics and stable and and controlled rooms where you can reproduce the same thing but then you also want to make sure that your extraction method maintains those things and doesn't kill it based on the pressure or, or, the, okay. or, the, or, or the temperature Interesting. and then you also want to choose the right platform to to kind of present that so you know what carrier oil are you using are you using something cheap like mct oil or um hemp seed oil which coagulates um mm-hmm. that ironically and counterintuitively is not a great uh carrier oil carrier. or are you using yeah. something there a bit go. more interesting that's uh, in- enhances the delivery of cannabinoids so mm. there's there's that's just in the oil market then if you go into vapes and distillate and all these different types of formats there's new considerations again because you're further distilling further removing things from the original plant so there's more considerations in how you you affect that so mm-hmm. th- i just th- want to clarify that the information being conveyed is general in nature and, and can't be relied upon by anyone <laughs> Thanks, lawyer. To this podcast. Um, you should speak to your doctor should you require any specific medical advice that is no, particular a, to your condition to acknowledge <laughs> mm. um no just as a as a comment really <laughs> Um, <laughs> so natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, just got to slip it in. Um, well, on that note, um, I feel like there's going to be a part two, and I'm sorry that we've got a hard stop 
today, guys, but um, we we really need. I just like there's like fifty other topics that I feel like we could jump this down could the it, rabbit hole on. Yeah, let's we're, jump we're, back in again. Another yeah, day. let's do it because we're turning this into an alt med. You know, forty five minutes to an hour, but you boys do your like three three what is it three hours or three yeah. days nah. sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's three weeks yeah. sometimes it's three hours but generally we stick to an hour and a half hour is and there half, an episode that you two. were filming while or like that you were doing whilst the police raided <laughs> like uh, did you i was the only one home, home. Would have i was been the really only content. one home okay all right well and you weren't yeah. even home because you don't live there anymore well, no, 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 no. I live here, here. But, um, That's, uh, yeah, uh, well, we can we can make the next one a, a longer form, uh, make it a bit of a part two and three combined. You guys got to come up to uh, Queensland and we'll get the round table going and we'll yeah, get we'll have you here. I'm down yes. for that. I'm Man, down so, for that. So down. Does so Andrews just cut you off after me doing the whole spiel? You didn't even get to question me about it. So we'll definitely no. have to do another one. <laughs> okay. Pick up where we left off. Yeah, yeah exactly. 100%. Um, no, no, it's been awesome, guys. Great conversation, and I hope you um, hope you have success with your own podcast into the future. Continue yeah, likewise, guys. We um, yeah, I've got a few episodes on on the uh, friendly Aussie to catch up on. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll do that, and let's let's have part two and three very soon. Sounds awesome. good. Really great. Right. Thanks, Thanks time, guys. Take Thanks. care. Cheers. Bye. You too. Catch you, Andrew. Bye. See you, Mitch.